Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
faced with things that seem beyond our reach. But we always have to keep in mind the words our sages teach. No, it's not our job to finish, but we must attempt. And even when it feels impossible, we're still not exempt. Oh! 
אחד המרבה ואחד הממית ובלבד שיכוון ליבו ובלבד שיכוון ליבו אחד המרבה ואחד הממית ובלבד שיכוון ליבו ובלבד שיכוון ליבו Shall you call? 
sky in a garden full of glory the galaxy so brilliantly related ultimately high on that first page of our story till the time my parents were created envious brother came through a blow so mad and chilling tragically never did recover it's really so insane all our selfishness that's killing that stranger who's our sister and our brother listen brother listen friend just a little smile and helping hand and our hearts will find they love and kind humanity we must teach our children to treat your fellow friends like they were you and then the world will find such peace of mind and unity ages rushing by writing chapters full of sorrow webs of self destruction we are weaving we don't even try there's no hope for our tomorrow so what's it all worth if we are not achieving so listen brother listen friend just a little smile a helping hand and our hearts will find fellow friend like they were you and then the world will find such peace of mind in unity
J.M. and the A.M. Avram Avram Freed with Bekarov Mamish. Uh, before that, Eitan Freilich with the uh, Eitz Chaim selection. Uh, let's see. Before that, Mordechai Ben David, three in a row from MBD. Uh, Vahaviosim. We know how powerful that message is. Achenu. An Achenu that MBD released, I believe, in 1983. Not as well known as some of the Achenus since then. And Unity by Mordechai Ben David. Lenny Solomon with the Echad Hamarbe. Boy, was I in love with that song when it came out decades ago. And so many people are giving stucca. So many people are being charitable. I thought, you know what? Let's pay tribute to everybody across the board. Wealthy. Middle of the road, 
lower financial class, everybody who's giving what they can during these times. Echad Hamarbe. Birch Sabayas from Yaakov Shweki, Baruch Levine's Lo Alecha, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday on this ninth day of November, day number 25 in the month of Mar Cheshvan. The year is 5784, Tafshin Pei Dalid. This coming Shabbos is uh, this coming Shabbos is um, Parshas Chaye Sarah. I am saddened that uh, Hevron will not be nearly as packed. I totally understand it. I mean, the army has its uh, makes these decisions for good reasons, but it's going to be a different Shabbat Chaye Sarah in Hevron than normal. Yishai Fleischer will join us at about eight o'clock, and we'll talk about that one of the byproducts of this war. Um, and we'll discuss that coming up here at JM in the AM. Um, the other, uh, I shouldn't say the other, one of the, one of the other uh, major topics over the last few days has been college campuses and reactions by president administration and, others who are uh, responsible for the safety and security of our Jewish children nationwide on college campuses. The great Richard Joel is going to join us. At one time, he was the uh, head of uh, Hillel International and is quite familiar with the collegiate scene in the United States. He'll join us in the second hour this morning here at JM in the AM. So two Hamas supporters have been arrested for ripping down hostage posters on 23rd Street and 3rd Avenue in Manhattan, a male and a female. Call like a vote to the NYPD. We needed one of these examples of someone taking down property that does not belong to them and that is authorized to be posted. We needed one of these arrests. Maybe the word will get around, and those who sympathize with Hamas will think twice now before tearing down those posters. The IDF announced the death of a major reserve, Eliyahu Benyamin El-Makayas, El- El- 29 years old from Yerushalayim, an engineering soldier, Battalion 8219, Brigade 551, killed during fighting in central Gaza on Wednesday. The number of soldiers since October the 7th that have been killed, 352. So crazy. A uh, Kiryat Shmona resident, um, Meir Moyal, 55 years old, was was killed by an anti-tank missile. He was struck by the missile as he was departing from an IDF post where he had been delivering water. The uh, official statement said Mayor Moyal served for many years on the Le- Lebanese border and Hardov lost his life two days ago on the northern border while fulfilling duties for the nation and the Israel Defense Forces. He was 55 years old. Um, and, of course, the... Heartbreaking, and not that all this is not heartbreaking, obviously it is. But the news that hit even closer to home for those of us in the United States 
was the murder that took place a couple of days ago in Yerushalayim of Rose Lubin. Rose Lubin of Atlanta, Georgia. Anybody I speak to from Atlanta either knew her or certainly knew and knows the neighborhood that she grew up in. Rose Lubin was laid to rest today on Har Herzl, on Mount Herzl. And uh, <laughs> they they asked people, she's a lone officer, law, a lone enforce, law enforcement official. So they asked that, you know, people come to her funeral. Obviously, having only lived in Israel a couple of years, she does not have roots there and, you know, there might be a limited number of people, immediate family from the United States, etc. So they asked people to come. So one estimate that I heard this morning, or I guess in Israel this afternoon, was that 8,000 people were there. Now, I don't know if that's possible or true. All I know is that anyone who's estimating is estimating in the thousands. I, I can't imagine a people that are asked to come and pay last respects and thousands just show up. But I saw the videos and how sad and heartbreaking. But what a send-off. What a level of appreciation that our people have for those who stand and def- stand and, uh, and, uh, and walk and run as they defend our people and our homeland. So... Um, So Rose Lubin is uh, another hero. Uh, again, hits a little bit closer to home because I loaned soldier from the United States. I, I think I told you that yesterday that my my daughter was her uh, was one of the counselors on the Atlanta trip to Israel during the summer of I think it was 2018. That Atlanta uh, NCSY conducted. So there's a there's a connection there. Makes it even more painful, frankly. Um, well, if we have an opportunity. I, I will be heading to Israel next week, and I hope that on Tuesday, as everybody heads to Washington, they'll be tuned in to listen to some of the reasons that you're marching on Washington. We have quite a couple of radio shows planned for Tuesday and Wednesday, and I hope that you'll be uh, inspired as you head to D.C., and let's hope that, uh, you know, these record numbers that are being projected actually come true. I have been contacted by a whole host of people that are intending to be in Washington on Tuesday, which is wonderful. I'm switching places, as you know, as you heard yesterday with Flora Hassan Nahum, Deputy Mayor of Yerushalayim. She'll be at the rally in Washington. I'll be in Jerusalem. But in all seriousness, a lot of people have been... Uh, talking about the the arduous task of renting buses, the possibility of going down by train, the possibility of heading down by car, staying overnight in an area that's close to Washington, etc., etc., etc. It is not going to be an easy day. That I'm reassuring anybody over 30 years old or maybe 40. It's not an easy day at all. Doing, this, doing that trip, round trip, and standing for two, three hours and walking an incredible amount 
and getting up early in the morning and, uh, you know, on Rosh Chodesh to get to the first minion before you leave and heading back late at night, it's not an easy day. But uh, like I said, it's a day that um, is so important and so vital. And again, I'm, I'm surprised but so happy that certain groups and organizations have gone ahead and made this trip a priority. Really amazing. I got a note yesterday from a listener. I, I don't know this listener personally. Um, hi, just wanted to comment that I'm really happy to hear that the National Aguda endorsed the Washington rally and are encouraging people to attend our synagogue. It happens to be an Aguda synagogue has organized buses to head down there. That's amazing. Your impassioned speaking out really galvanized me. So even though I'm in my upper 60s, I felt like I had to go. How could I not? I'm a child of Holocaust survivors, and this is reminiscent of the march in Washington in the 1930s that I've read about. We need to show America, the world, and Eretz Israel that we are united in our love and support for our homeland and in our desire to get our hostages home. Keep on speaking out and interviewing people in Israel to give us perspectives on the situation there in terms of the soldiers, their families, evacuees, businesses, and farms. I make sure to tune in as much as I can in the mornings before I go to work. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll leave the name anonymous, but thank you. And good luck in Washington. Like I said, it's not going to be an easy day. Uh, there'll be a lot of waiting, a lot of walking, a lot of standing, a lot of listening. But it's such an important day. And I hope that on Tuesday, as we bring you some of these incredible stories from Israel, we have a lot of good stuff lined up. I hope that you'll be tuned in on your phone, listening in and being inspired by uh, by what we're presenting in the Holy Land. I think it'll only enhance the um, the experience for everybody going to Washington. And by the way, the school that announced that their senior class from Los Angeles is going to Washington, collect a vote. And I know the effort in Miami or in the Miami area I, or in, in the southern Florida area, I know the effort has been insane trying to figure out ways to get people up to Washington. And in some, in some ways it's been successful, in some ways not. But it's like I said the other day, the, the, the default is everyone's got to go and try to figure it out. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know, you have child care issues, you have employment issues, you're out of town. All right, you can't go. Understood. But the default should be, I'm going, let me try to figure it out. If you end up not going, you end up not going. But, uh, you know, when someone asks, are you going, the answer can't be no. The answer is, I'm going to try my hardest. You know, I, I, there, there's really no way for me to take off from work. It's impossible. But I'm going to leave that 1% chance open, and uh, and we'll see. You know, I have, I have told Monday to make a decision. That's got to be the attitude. That's, a, that's, a, that's actually, I mean, that's an attitude that really should prevail in a lot of whole areas of life, but we won't get into that now, but certainly in this one. Uh, so who can give us a little bit of inspiration a month later? Who could speak to us a month later and give us a perspective? We know who. Rabbi Shlomo Katz joins us 10 minutes from now. Rabbi Shlomo Katz from Efrat, Israel, joins us 10 minutes from now, right here at JM in the AM.
in the AM with Shal Shellis. Great song at this time, but especially as we approach Rosh Chodesh benching. Lenny Solomon before that, brand new with Lo Yishama. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world web and alchemsegal.com on the alchemsegal network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. Our news from Israel coming up. Rabbi Shlomo Katz joins us from Efrat, Israel. We have not yet turned to him over the last month for some inspiration and some comfort. We get our chance a couple of minutes from now. Rabbi Shlomo Katz joins us on the air here at JM in the AM. Coming up from Hebron, Yishai Fleischer at 8 o'clock this morning. It's Shabbat Chaye Sarah after all. A little bit different this year, to say the least. We'll check in with Yishai Fleischer about 8 o'clock this morning, Eastern time here at JM in the AM. 
Kudos to those who are planning to be in Washington Tuesday. Let's keep the momentum going, everybody. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from JM in the AM. Galit Sal, Hashash Time. Shalom Rav, Baulpan Ehud Graf, Im Mashikore Achshav. סמל ראשון נועם יוסף אבו, בן 20 מדימונה, לוחם חטיבת הנחל שנפל בצפון הרצועה, מובא בשעה זו למנוחות בבית העלמין הצבאי בדימונה. מוקדם יותר הבוקר הובאו למנוחות לוחמת מגב, סמלת שנייה רוז לובין, שנפלה בפיגוע הדקירה בירושלים, ורב סמל יונתן חצור, לוחם שלדג, שנפל בקרב בצפון רצועת עזה. שר הביטחון גלנט קרא בפגישתו עם מנכלי משרדי הממשלה, אחת ממטרות הפעולה הקרקעית בעזה היא החזרת העורף לתפקוד. נושא המשק האזרחי שהוא נושא, נושא מרכזי, ולכן הדברים העיקריים זה להיכנס לתוך הבנה שאנחנו צריכים לפתור דברים באופן לא מושלם אבל מהיר. זה הלוגיקה של העניין. מדבריו הביא כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. נודיע לכם כי אזעקת צבע אדום נשמעה עד עכשיו בעין השלושה וברעים. עין השלושה וברעים. מממצאי תחקיר נפילת לוחמת משמר הגבול, סמלת שנייה רוז לובין, זיכרונה לברכה, בפיגוע הדקירה בירושלים עולה, כי נמצא כשל משמעתי ומבצעי חמור בהתנהלותו של אחד הלוחמים. מדווחת כתבתנו בירושלים, נועה ברנס. מפקד משמר הגבול, ניצב יצחק בריק, החליט להדיח לוחם הגב שהיה בצוות שהבטיח את תחנת שלם בירושלים בשני בבוקר, כאשר מחבל הגיע ודקר את סמלת שנייה רוז לובין, זכרה לברכה. מתחקיר האירוע עולה כי אחד הלוחמים ביצע כשל משמעותי ומבצעי חמור שכלל נטישת עמדה, בניגוד מוחלט לפקודות ולהנחיות שקיבל. לובין נפלה לאחר שנפגעה מהדקירה, ומיירי ניטרו למחבל, והובא הבוקר למנוחות בהר הרצל. אזעקת צבע אדום גם באשדוד ובגן יבנה. אשדוד וגן יבנה. בצהל טוענים שבניגוד לשמועות, סרט הזוועות לא דלף, והוא מוקרן באופן מצומצם למקבלי ההחלטות, גורמי תקשורת ומשפיענים בארץ ובעולם. כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש מוסר כי בצהל קוראים לציבור להימנע מפתיחת כישורים שנטען שהסרט מוצג בהם. גם במשטרה מדגישים כי לא פרסמו את סרט הזוועות, ומציינים כי המשתתפים בהקרנה חותמים על מסמך בו הם מתחייבים שלא לצלם או להפיץ אף חלק מהסרט. כתבתנו לענייני טכנולוגיה כרמל אייל מוסיפה כי גם ברשת החברתית טיק טוק הבהירו כי לא נמצא שום תיעוד כזה ביישומון. ראש הממשלה הפלסטיני מוחמד שטייה הכריז כי ישראל לא מנהלת מלחמה נגד ארגון חמאס אלא נגד הפלסטינים כולם. בוועידת הסיוע לעזה שנערכת כעת בפריס אמר שטייה שהפלסטינים זקוקים להגנה בינלאומית וטען לפשעי מלחמה ולהפרת חוק זכויות האדם הבינלאומי במהלך פעולות ישראל בעזה. מזג האוויר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות שתוספנה להיות מעט גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורכת יולי אמיר. JM in the 
a.m. in the a.m. Well, whenever there's a difficult situation, especially involving our brothers and sisters in Israel, we get a tremendous degree of comfort when we check in with our dear friend Rabbi Shlomo Katz, who, of course, is in Efrat, Israel. But knowing his background, he certainly, um, I'm sure, is very familiar with the way that uh, American Jewry reacts um, to the current situation. And he's with us live via telephone. Reb Shlomo, shalom, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. Good morning to you. Good afternoon to all your all your fans here in Eretz Yisrael. I appreciate that. Well, it's been a while since we've spoken, and uh, we can't go through all the details of the last month. But uh, we can certainly say, and I know this from firsthand experience from a couple of weeks ago when I was there, and please God, I'll be back next week. It, 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 as much as... People here in the United States and other areas of the diaspora know how painful the situation is in Israel. And I think you'd have to admit, I, I'm curious about your impression about the reaction of American jury, etc. Uh, the truth is we really can't relate fully to what's happening in Israel. The shivas, the announcements of the IDF killings, uh, fallen soldiers that uh, were so dear to us. I mean, the, the funeral, of course, of Rose Lubin that took place today. A lot of people from the United States. Um, were there who knew her, and of course, thousands that were asked to gather in her memory came to Har Herzl. Uh, it's just a different atmosphere in Israel. How 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 are you? Because I'm sure plenty of other people are asking you from around the world. How are you summing up the mood, the atmosphere, the avira in the Holy Land? Well, I'm very thankful for your intro, the way you just said it, because it's true that although it is impossible to convey it in words, we're all mishpacha, so I'll do my best to just share with mishpacha right now how, the, how part of the mishpacha is doing. We're, we're going from, and this may sound crazy, but every, the whole world's on fire right now, so whatever. Yeah. We're, we, we are, we're going from funeral to funeral, from, from shiva to shiva, from hospital to hospital. It's true, and from bomb shelter to bomb shelter. And we've never been more broken, and we've never been healthier either. I know that seems like a complete, like, you know, in the Gemara, like a self-contradiction, but yeah. it, it, is, it is exactly that. There is a brokenness that never existed before, ever. And we haven't be, begun to process it. And at the same time, everything that, Rav Cook or, or any of, of, of the Gdolim have ever spoken about when it comes to Nishmat Yisrael, the soul of Am Yisrael, it is all emanating right now in a very, 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 very powerful way. And, very, that's, very and, that, and that's because of the determination, I assume, right? That's because of the Netzach Yisrael that everybody, no matter what their religious background, is feeling at this time. With, without, a, without a doubt. Do you know how many chayalim that I've stopped by on the roads? Um, I can't tell anymore who's holding where anymore. I don't have any idea what people's backgrounds are. I have no idea because, first of all, it really is true that almost everyone here is wearing tzitzis. <laughs> there was a whole article, and there was a whole news item yesterday on, on Arutz Stein, on the 12, Channel 12, that <laughs> said that the hottest item the most, uh, the hottest item in demand in the market right now in Israel is tzitzis. My God, who would ever and have thought? Fillin. 
I'm just curious, and, and I'm saying this literally in a news fashion, not, God forbid, in a critical fashion. Is it driving the media a little crazy? Like, are they having trouble understanding it and processing it? Because we know what the majority of them and their attitude toward Jewish ritual. Are they adjusting to all this well? <laughs> I took upon myself to, <laughs> to only uh, <laughs> to trick question. Sorry. Next. Next, next question. <laughs> My gosh, I hope I hope what you're what I'm gleaning from that reaction is not true. I would hope that even those who are not necessarily the biggest fans of Jewish ritual understand what's going on here. But you want to know something, Shlomo? I'll tell you something that you know a thought that comes into my mind at times like this. People don't realize it, and only because I grew up in the house that I grew up in. I mean, my father was born in 1917, and he was in Palestine from 1919 on, you know, off and on between uh, Palestine, eventually Israel, and the United States. Uh, so, you know, you, you only get this perspective when you, when you speak to someone from that generation, you know, way, way back, who was familiar with what was going on in Eretz Israel at that time. The deep divide in, in, you know, in Israel— you know, in terms of religious observance was so vast. I mean, we're, I don't even want to mention on the air what the attitude of certain secular kibbutzim was and what actions they took to demonstrate their hatred for Jewish ritual. It is insane that when a soldier misses a day of tefillin, all those soldiers around him in order to be mashlim with him all put on tefillin the next day to make him feel a little bit better that unfortunately he did not have the time the prior day or the tefillin at hand the prior day to put on tefillin. That's unprecedented, in my opinion, in recent Israeli history. Am I right? Without a doubt. And to just complete that picture, it's also unprecedented that Hasidim, are many Hasidim, are finding their way also towards groups of people that they probably would never consider part of Machin Israel either. I'll give you a great example. I'm sure you saw this. There was one of the Chayalot, one of the female soldiers who was released from captivity. She, was, she wasn't released. She was freed. Right. Uh, Ori Megidish, right. right? Rescued. Re rescued. And she lived in a town called Kiryat Gat. The night that the word, when the word came out that she was freed, hundreds of Hasidim grabbed all the men that they could on the streets and danced Am Yisrael Chai on loudspeakers throughout the streets of Kiryat Gat. You know, Nachum, there's so many moments that my wife and I have turned to ourselves, look at each other after witnessing these things. We turn to each other in tears and then look up to Shemaim and say, what, what else could be needed in order to, to say, Zel, Mashiach, like what, 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 what more? What more could be needed? There's so many of these moments right now, every day. Yeah, that's, by the way, that's it. It used to be this was exceptional behavior. Now you, you, you're inundated with videos and news items about this constantly, every single day. I mean, the, Every day. the Tzitzis example is obviously, you know, primary among them. I mean, when you say to me, it's the most sought after item in the entire country. Yeah. I mean, imagine what that is. Yeah. And if I would have said no to problem. you, and if I would have said to you six weeks ago, I mean, honestly, 
if I would have said, and you're very familiar with the Israeli scene, and you're in the Gush, and you know soldiers, and you know, and you know people that serve, you know, in in groups, half of which are, you know, uh, more Dati, and half of which you know, have no background. If I would have said to you six weeks ago that this that this would happen, I don't I don't think you would have, you know. I'd say I'd say it could happen like like Mashiach could happen right. on that level, but not but not like something that is that I see tangible, like as, like I see something else that's tangible. But you're you're correct, and it's happening daily, Nachum. It's happening daily. It's unbelievable. Shlomo Katz with us from Israel. So I, I I find myself look. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I know it's hard to believe, but Baruch Hashem. I find myself just waking up certain mornings, not every day, but certain mornings just so upset about the whole hostage situation. And I know for a fact, because I've spoken to some of them, there are mothers in Israel who cannot sleep just thinking about the babies. Forget about everyone else for a moment. Just the babies and, and who's caring for them and, and, and the situation that they're in. Um, I, I have to assume that th- that this is one of the prevailing feelings that people are walking around with. You spoke about hospitals refugees um uh obviously the uh you know the the funerals and shivas have to be attended the hostage situation of all of them must be the one that weighs so much on the minds and hearts of people in israel without a shadow of doubt and i want to say two things about that one is that i'm on my way pretty pretty soon to hebron why there's no shabbos well there's always Shabbos Chayesara, but yeah. Shabbos Chayesara Chevron is not happening this year, per the request of the security forces and the army. Yeah, Yishai is joining us an hour from now. Oh, so right. So I'm, I'll be I'll be down there with Yishai at a very very important event with Rav Shmuel Eliyahu and a few other big rabbanim, as well as families of the of the Chatufim, oh, families of hostages. And uh, I, uh, that's one thing I, it hasn't come across yet. I haven't, that's not, it's just one thing that personally I haven't come in contact yet, uh, as far as I can remember, which is also very limited because memory, time, everything seems is a blur. And I know that this is the Nikuda in the Pnimiut of the Ke'ev today. And the deeper place of the pain is that that's one. And that's a very real thing. And that's in our faces. And, it is something that I just to show you how crazy this situation is. Even in the mishaberach that we're now saying in shul for the return of the of the hostages, we had to change one word in there because the tefillah that we're saying is based on Rabbi Goren's tefillah that he put together when during the I think I I'm not sure if it was seventy three or, or or eighty two I don't remember I probably eighty two where. There was hostages that were that were taken in Lebanon or in Syria, right. and the tefillah is right. They should come back to their land. We can't say that word le'artsam because they're kidnapped in artsam in their land. <sighs> they're kidnapped in Eretz Yisrael, which leads me to the second thing I wanted to say, which is that on a spiritual level, right now, what could I, the simple year that's not running any type of military program right now what could i i'm not i'm not with the security forces i'm not in the government i'm not working on those lines what could i do and i said this in shul this last shabbos i have to be able to see what tunnel like where these where our brothers and sisters are being being kept underground and i want them to so badly to be out of there i have to see 
what tunnel have I dug myself into with all my theories and all the concepts that I realize don't work and are not going to work in our day today. And one of the big ones is, in my humble opinion, is that Eretz Yisrael and all of it is ours. Every inch, every centimeter. And the second that I start to play around with that simple notion of truth, I'm endangering everyone's life. There's a big, big awakening over here right now. Eretz HaShlema. There's a big awakening. Eretz HaShlema. There's a big awakening going on right now. We all know that there's, there never has and there never will be an actual nation called Palestine. Palestinian. There's no such... We, it's a hamza'ah, an invention. That unfortunately... Many Yidin have also bought into already. It does not. It doesn't exist. But I have to get out of that tunnel. I have to get out of that that mindset because it's pashut. It's it's bringing upon Am Yisrael tsaris al tsaris. and that's what I'm personally working on. Whatever level that means for me. Very powerful. Very powerful. Reb Shlomo Katz is with us. He's in Efrat now. Um... As I said earlier in the introduction, you're, you're obviously very familiar with how American jury reacts to situations like this. Not that we've ever had a situation exactly like this, but you know what I mean. Um, and you're probably aware of what's been going on in your hometown. And I'm not looking to you for an Aliyah speech. I'm seriously not. We'll have enough of that next week <laughs> because our studio in Israel is in the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters. So I'm sure we'll have a chance right. to do that next week. But you have to be aware of what's going on in L.A., and you have to be aware of the killing, the murder of Mr. Kessler, who was there at uh, one of the protests. Uh, and you have to be aware of the situation here. I'm sure people in the U.S. and every city that you're in touch with tell you about the discomfort, thank God, that we are going through. What are your, aside from the Aliyah message, what are your impressions of what's going on here? First of all, my heart and soul is much more worried and concerned about diaspora jury than it is about the Yiddin Israel, honestly. Yeah. I woke up this morning and my friends in Los Angeles had sent me the footage that took place right outside my old high school, which is adjacent to the Simon Wiesenthal Center Museum of Tolerance. Right. I went to Eula when I was in high school. It's right there right. on the corner of Pico, right there in front of me. I saw footage that... Um, a month ago, I would never imagine that it would be in our time. And I saw what I saw. I, I can't, I still, it's hard for me to digest this. But it's not an aliyah speech. It's more just saying, this is what it looked like in 1933 in Germany. This is what, these, these are visions. This is what we saw in front of us. En malasot. We could, we could have all the excuses in the world. This is what we saw. We saw this already. This is not new to us. We saw this. And if there was ever a time to say, maybe, 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 it's time to come home. I know I would have rather liked to come home just to simcha and dancing and without any agony. Yeah. Could it be? Could it be, Nachum? Could it be that we're actually at the place yeah. that we say, we say thank you, but yeah, I, uh, I I've said to you, I I, I wish that I'll be, I'll be able to move to Israel during a during a time that is is not out of fear, but 
obviously that ship has sailed. Now anybody who goes, the impression is going to be, whether it's true or not, that it's literally out of fear that we're going there. You know, you live in a very, and, and you lead a very interesting community because there are communities in Israel, frankly, where there are many Israelis or the majority of people or all of them are Israelis with their roots in Israel and they don't have relatives in the diaspora. And there are a lot of communities, obviously, like that in Israel. I would have to assume that your synagogue Every single person, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, has relatives in the diaspora. I have to assume that. So for you in your leadership role and listening to people, I assume, who are fearful, uh, who are afraid for their relatives, forget about their friends. You could put them in the category also, but at least the relatives in the diaspora, it must be a very interesting experience. Everybody basically in your neighborhood is going through that together. While they're also going through an incredible, incredible difficult situation that half of their children are right now in Gaza. Right. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 the combination of all the, of everything here on an emotional level is basically really going inward and saying, could it be that really this is mamash, everything we've ever dreamed for, the moment before Geula? What am I doing the moment before Geula? What yes. am I doing? You know, I, you know, what am I doing? When I was in Israel, we went to the Shalom Hotel. So the entire city of Naveh is there. And about a thousand people. And what was noteworthy, you will not find a, a male from 18 to 35 in the hotel. There's a million, kid, <laughs> there's a million kids there. You will not find yeah. one person who is male 18 to 35. I have to, I mean, you just alluded to it. I mean, what's your neighborhood like? I, I assume every shul's attendance is way down, and 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 unfortunately, you know, there are families waiting for husbands and fathers, and 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 synagogues and communities that are, you know, wondering when the ten, twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred seats are going to be filled again. Right. So I guess in our shul it's a little bit different because um, there are many yeshivas and students that are that are in desperate need for a lot of like love and fire and passion and Baruch Hashem they know they could find that by us so this past Shabbos was probably the largest attendance we ever had <laughs> probably wow. five yeah, we had a, the Yigush came to us wow. part of Hakotel came to us and a few seminaries were here so it was a little bit different by us but there are neighborhoods here there are shuls here that um Hunt definitely exactly what you said. The attendance is it's very different because there are so many people that a month ago in the middle of Simchas Torah got into a car and said goodbye to their family and have been protecting Am Yisrael since that day. It's it's biblical times. We're we're biblical feelings here. And then I get a call from someone yesterday that they haven't heard from a relative in Gaza for days. And, and that is, you know, and, and, and thank God now they've heard from them. So, you know, obviously there's a, a sigh of relief, but that's the reality. There are times when days at a time, a soldier, depending on the, on the uh, sensitive situation they're in, cannot be in touch with anybody. So, the, so, so their parents are going to sleep every night and their spouse is going to sleep every night, you know, God forbid thinking the worst. It, it, I can't even, I mean, look, again, we're doing a good job on this side of the world. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, we're doing everything to get everybody to Washington. You know how important that is. By the way, kudos. I don't know which school it is, but there's a school from L.A. that's flying their senior class into the Washington rally Tuesday. So, oh, beautiful. yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on here. But, 
Well, what's happening where you are is, uh, you know, obviously on the front lines and, and, and very, very serious. And I just hope, as, and this is the reason we're going, I just hope we can convey to people in the diaspora, you know, the, the anguish, the difficulty, the uncertainty, the fearfulness that so many are going through in Israel right now. And, and, and as you said before, you know, we haven't even talked about the red alerts and how disruptive that is to the kids and to the adults. And that's happening all over the place. And uh, okay. it just goes on and on. Yeah. What can I tell you, Rabbi Shlomo? Am Yisrael Chai, Netzach Yisrael Lo Yishaker. Right? Have you have you forever? Have, have you have you composed any songs recently where something came to you about the about the uh, uh, eternity of the Jewish people, the destiny of the Jewish people? Actually, yes. <laughs> Actually, yes. And um, uh, maybe more on that a little bit later, but absolutely so. And look what music and look what music is doing for the soldiers, for the families. I mean, someone said to me the other day. I think it was Yeshiva Flatbush was in the uh, Inbal Hotel. There were a hundred families there, you know, displaced refugees. They did a kumzitz for them. It made a massive difference. It did. You know, it had such an effect everywhere. There's more music. There's more music taking place right now on a daily basis throughout Eretz Israel than ever before. Because every day you probably have between 150 and 200 of these types of gatherings everywhere throughout the country. I'm just one person. I'm, I'm looking all across the board. Our dear friend Yehuda Solomon that just made Aliyah. Yes, I, I, I thought of this. The, la- the last <laughs> one to make Aliyah before. before the last ma- one. <laughs> right. And he was wondering, and maybe he was wondering, you know, will I be busy or not? He hasn't stopped one night. And boy, every does, night. And boy, does and, and I'm sure you'll tell me it's because of the Moshav where he grew up. But boy, does he know how to relate to the soldiers? I mean, he's just he goes oh, he, his stuff pierces their heart. He's so amazing, and it's and it's piercing his right back. Yeah, you know 100%. that's what we're all feeling. It's a boomerang effect on all of us, and I'll, and I and I just want everyone to be part of it. And it's happening here. So Chavra, yeah, there's zero judgment. There's only love, Mamash. There's only love. And there's so much love in the air right now. There's so much painful love, and it's happening. It's happening. Hashem should protect all of us, all Amen. of us, to be able to be the best Kiddush Hashem in the world. Amen. Shlomo, thank you. Stay well, my friend. What, I, I, I'll see you next week. Bezrat Hashem. And what a, what a way to reunite with your words of inspiration. Todah Thanks again. Thank you for this. The one, and, the one and only Rup Shlomo Katz, everybody. It's a, uh, it's a Thursday. It's JM in the AM.
It a delight having him on from Israel. Yishai Fleischer coming up. President Richard Joel, President Emeritus Yeshiva University and one-time President of uh, Hillel International is going to be joining us. If anybody knows college campuses in the United States, it's him. It's coming up for us here at JMN. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav, Zebnerbis of Olivia, and Zechonishmas Esther Basarbis of Olivia. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Parshas Chaye Sarah, Vayu Chaye Sarah, Meyoshana, Vesrim Shana, Vesheva Shanim, Shne Chaye Sarah. Sarah's lifetime was a hundred years, in twenty years, in seven years. These were the years of Sarah's life. Rashi HaKadosh explains, Lomar Lecha, why does it keep saying years? It means to tell us, Shekol Echod Nidrash La'atzmoi, that each is expounded to teach something special. Basmea, when she was 100 years old. Kibas Esrim, she was like 20 years old. Lechet. Just as one who is 20 years old is considered as if she had not sinned, Shari Enun Bas Onshin, because she is not liable for it. Af Bas Mea, so too, when she was a hundred years old, Beloi Chait, she was without sin. The Devash gives a very interesting explanation. What is the meaning of Bas Mea, Kivas Esrim? In Perak Chaf, we read, Yancho Hashem Biyon Tzara. Hashem answer us in our day of distress. However, in Perak Kuf, number 100, is Mizmar Lasaida. It is a song of thanksgiving. There we say, Ivduas Hashem Besimcha, serve Hashem with gladness. Bo Lefanov Birnana, come before him with joyous song. Sara Imenu went through Yisurim in life, challenges. She was taken to the house of Paro. Then Avimelech. Then she experienced a famine in the land. After that, she didn't have a child until she's 90 years old. And with all of that, her emuna, her faith, her bitachon, that it was all good. Kulon shavin letoiva. Kishem shemevarchin al atoiv. Kach mevarchin al hara. Just like we make a bracha over that which is good, we also make a bracha over that which is not so good. That's why Rashi says, Bas Kuf Kibas It was all the same, whether it was Perak Lam whether it was Mizmer Lasoida, it was all good. A soldier, a member of Tzva Haganali Yisrael, the IDF, had to take a few minutes from the battleground in order to watch on live stream the bris of his own son. You can imagine the feelings and the thoughts of a chayal watching the simcha, his own simcha, the bris of his son, by live stream. 
they come to the Kriyas Hashem, the naming of the new baby, the and they use the name of the soldier, of the Chayal. That is Klal Yisroel. Even at a time of Yancha Hashem, Biyom Tzara. Be'ez Hashem Yisparach. May we soon hear of the imminent return of each and every hostage, safe and sound. And that each and every member of the IDF, every soldier, will return home safe and sound, victorious in their mission. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik, wishing all of Klal Yisrael b'surais tavos Yeshuas b'nechamos. Amen to that, and I thank her by Goldwasser. J.M. and the A.M., one of our listeners on the app, just asked about the Peretz family, if there's any news on the son of uh, Sherry and Rav Daron Peretz. Uh, no news as of now. Uh, just like so many other families in Israel, they are waiting. They are waiting as their son is being held by the enemy. Thursday morning broadcast, J.M. and the A.M., we've been over-anxious to speak with uh, President Richard Joel because of the, uh, well, ever since the campuses went nuts in the United States, we've been over-anxious to speak with him, and we have him with us live via telephone in addition to uh, being the President Emeritus of Yeshiva University and a period of time that, frankly, I consider the glory days of Yeshiva, at least in very, very modern times. Um, and, um, in addition, he, uh, served, I can't believe it was 15 years. Wow. Served as president of international Hillel for 15 years from 1988 through, through 2003. President Richard Joel, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's always wonderful to hear your dulcet tones. I <laughs> appreciate that. So I, I assume in your era with Hillel, and frankly, for those who don't know the history, uh, I, I don't know if you'd agree with this. We, we always viewed it that until you got there, it was somewhat of a dormant organization. You brought it to life, really increased the, uh, the work that it was doing on so many hundreds of campuses around the country. We don't have to debate this. That's the reputation, and I, I, I'm sure you'll, you, you don't feel the need to argue at the moment, but... but in that era, when you served as international president, I'm assuming that the Hillel role was more of uh, making uh, Jewish students feel comfortable on campus, allowing them to adjust, uh, providing educational, inspirational, and social programming, etc., etc. I, I am assuming that during your 15 years, this role of being on the front lines of a political battle and facing and having to supervise students who are facing off in demonstrations and sometimes becoming the victims of violent acts on campus, I'm assuming that didn't exist in that period of time. Is my analysis correct? Uh, well, uh, somewhat, but unfortunately, you know, hatred and, uh, and the Jew being targeted or the Jew being alone is not a new phenomenon. And I could have been the president of Hillel in the 1700s, and we'd certainly have that. It, the difference was our focus at Hillel was able to be thinking about how students were part of a Jewish renaissance right. and, how, and how you would uh, promote uh, Jewish identity and a strong sense of community and a strong sense of responsibility. But at the same time, uh, there was always... Uh, activism on college campus. There was, uh, remember, it's, uh, you're talking about uh, important years there from 88 to 2003. 
So um, while there are other issues in the Jewish community, the issue of, the, of Israel and its safety and its security, and whether it had any partners for peace, uh, was very prominent. The difference is that it wasn't um, that I mean, we had all kinds of rallies. Uh, uh, the Palestinian supporters would do all kinds of things, and and we would have counter events. We had uh, uh, major organizations like APAC and ADL um, also being active on campus. So it was there. The difference is, it wasn't the main focus, and it wasn't the main focus of us as Jews or Israel as Israel even. Um, uh, several things have happened to change that dynamic beyond the pogrom of October 7th. I would think one of the great differences is how things that you just described, demonstrations, activism, etc., have turned violent. I mean, isn't it you know, the types of episodes that we are seeing on college campuses, including in New York, the in-your-face nature of them. Isn't that a big difference than 20 years ago? Well, there was some of it 20 years ago, but it's more prevalent now. But I would tell you that the fear on campus on the part of Jewish students um, in some ways is more um, is more than just fear of physical violence. It's fear of ostracism. It's fear of being targeted. It's fear of no safe place. Um, and yes, there's a fear of violence, but, uh, uh, but even with a campus with uh, much security, uh, the notion of being targeted, the notion of being so critically wrong, the right. notion of, you know, of being um, a, 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 a minority group who deserves to be a minority group um, is different. There's a, the, the culture of correctness was there 20 years ago, but it was not defining. And I think the other issue is that the Palestinian... Um, activism uh, always had support and always had supporters, but it hadn't been accepted into the politically crea- uh, correct um, uh, movement as right. it is now. In other words, became mainstream. Other words, it's it's it is so mainstream right. that if you're going to come up with your um, your your litany of causes you support right. with all the, the isms, that's one of them. It's not about the Igers in China, and it's not about people in Sudan, and it's not about uh, um, you know the migrants who are having to flee from South America. The key cause, the foreign cause, it's not Ukraine. It's, it's the plight of the Palestinian, the oppression of the apartheid state of Israel. So... Said as a mantra. No, no, I hear that. Um, but but part of what we're seeing, to, and by the way, I don't know to what degree this is true. It could be, you know, half of it could be rumor. Uh, but if, in fact, students nationwide are now reconsidering where they're going to school, they're looking for campuses that are safer, larger Jewish communities, uh, infrastructure, you know, uh, a security infrastructure, better on. And I'm not even talking about the Jewish universities right now. There are others that have a reputation for a large Jewish population. Jews feel very comfortable, etc. I mean, you don't remember, uh, again, during your tenure. Uh, a- a- any type of panic where Jewish students were looking to actually change colleges for those reasons, do you? Despite my efforts. <laughs> 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 Look, in, in, in point... In, <laughs> but that's a new phenomenon, right? It's, yes, it's a, it's a new phenomenon, but my frustration was it shouldn't have been a new phenomenon. 
In other words, the, the conversation that parents should be having and should have had always with students was where do they go to grow as human beings and to grow as Jews as well? Right. In other words, the questions of, of what kind of campus community it is, what kind of Hillel and Chabad there is, how many friends you're going to have, is it located near a thriving Jewish community? Um, is there, you know, is there a, a sense of purpose? And is the university a, a place where intellectual activity is still flourishing um, should have been, not because of Israel, but because you're sending your child off uh, to their first independent time to grow and to right. grow as a Jew. Right. It's, it, and safe. and that's, by the way, that remains true. It's not no, automatic. I get it, but 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 safety should also be part of that parental discussion. Frankly, you know where where right. you know where, right. will you be physically safe there? That's a big consideration. President Richard Joel is with us. All right, so now I mean, look, all of this is is obviously important, and we're glad we got to discuss all this with you. But um, this might be the the real reason why we've asked you on because there's an area of expertise that you have that nobody else can address you know these college presidents these university presidents you know them if you don't know them the ones that are in office today you probably knew them when they were assistants to the presidents you know during your era as president up at yu uh, what could you tell us about what you expected from their reaction and somewhat collectively i know we can't you know put everybody bunch them all together but somewhat collectively what you've thought of the reaction from presidential university offices it's 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 hard to say that one is still surprised and horrified but i was surprised and horrified largely uh now there are there are other places a rabbi uh, uh rabbi ari berman who's the president of yeshiva university currently uh has built a coalition of schools that have signed on to a group to advocate for um, uh, creating safe communities and for decrying the terrorism that is taking place in the uh, in Hamas and in so many uh, so many places where Jews live. Um, but uh, yes, there is. It goes back to 1968 when students right. um, of my generation took over administration buildings right. uh, in protest that university administrations started to become afraid of their students. It was at the same time that the notion of a university as an open, warm place for the discussion of the value of values, where it was a place where you could sit under trees and talk about great ideas free of fear, uh, started to change as the era of anger started to grow. And I have to say, in defense, although I really don't want to defend the university presidents, the job has become so much more complicated. The number of constituents that, that you have to negotiate with and um, the ugly face of, of social media and the Internet. There are other faces, but the right. ugly face has really been in your face. So you are you are being whipsawed back and forth as a president. Having said that, if you've chosen to be a president, it's because you want to stand for values and for security and for safety and for uh, a, an environment of openness. I mean, I, would, I, I don't think that, that, that uh, advocacy for, for Palestine uh, should be banned. I think it should be 
one of the voices heard, but heard appropriately, and heard as a conversation, not as a scream. But let's also remember that we're not just talking about Israel advocacy, we're talking about anti-Semitism. And I was one of those guys back in the 1980s and 90s when we were doing phenomenal things at Hillel and when we were opening Hillels throughout the former Soviet Union. I really thought that that the age of anti-Semitism was in deep eclipse. And that, and that it had become an excuse for us, be Jewish because, you know, Hitler killed six million of us, um, uh, but there wasn't real anti-Semitism. I was wrong, because, because for some reason, because Esau's Sona is Yaakov, yep. because, because, because Esau hates Israel. And, um, and now, in an era of where, where we have given permission for incivility, and you, know, you and I probably have different political views, but the United States over the last several years, instead of having incivility just being in little pockets uh, or being quiet, <laughs> has na- been given permission to scream. National that, incivility. <laughs> right, and, that, and, and remember that the university is not a separate place right. from society. It's a small community right. in society that reflects as much as it promotes. Yeah, and in a way, it's a central part of our society, as we know. Finally, who's the carbon this morning? Who was it that you said to you? Was it NYU? Was it uh, Brandeis? Was it Barnard? Was it Columbia? Was it uh, Harvard? Who, who, when he heard a reaction uh, that he heard, uh, who did uh, President Richard Joel react by just, you know, throwing up his hands and rolling his eyes? Uh, who would be a good example of that if you're willing to uh, say so publicly? First of all, look, I, I, think, I think Harvard has been disgraceful. I can't tell you I was immensely surprised because, uh, because you know, the pendulum has swung there, and, uh, uh, and that's very sad. I would tell you that when my friend John Sexton was president of NYU, it never would have happened there. Wow. Um, and now, they're, frankly, they're going through an interregnum. So, so it's not like they're at a time of the greatest strong leadership. It's coming. Right. Um, but, but, I mean, that was, that, that's a shocker, and it's a shocker to sits in New York. Uh, there's, there's always been activism. Remember, student activists are student activists. Yep. Uh, but but the, um, the snarl, the, the, uh, the anger, and, and the place where, sadly, I'm not terribly surprised but saddened is Columbia. Right. And uh, we don't see any of that at Yeshiva University, where I, I teach wonderful men and women. Um, but it's also important to know that Yeshiva is not in a bubble, it's in a tent. Right. And, it needs, and it needs to also go beyond the tent and use its influence uh, you know, with other young people, which is why there'll be 2,000 students from Yeshiva University in Washington on Tuesday. Pretty impressive. I hope well, I'm still doing. I'm still doing advertising. I hope. Yeah, I see that. I hope other <laughs> hope other colleges, uh, the Hillel's, the Chabad's, JLICs. I hope they'll also encourage their students take some time off and send Look, them to we, Washington. We, we need. We all each need to have courage. We yeah. need to have courage. If you know, facing the blatancy of people not not thinking about from the river to the sea means kill all the Jews. Yeah. Um, and 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 we need to be us. We need to be us. But, but strongly and in the face of evil. Yeah. Well understood. Um, and he also always articulates these points amazingly. He's President Richard Joel, President Emeritus Yeshiva University, and of course, 
for a period of 15 years, the president of Hillel International. Uh, Ken, thank you enough. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And uh, It's my pleasure, Nachum, but you really have to be correct and say that you are one of the strongest voices we have for for pride and advocacy and, and, and decency, and uh, keep the voice loud. Appreciate that very, very much. And we'll keep it loud in Israel next week as well. President Richard Joel, always a delight. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.
JM in the AM with Yassi Green and Company. He calls it Yiddish and Nacha. Song is called Hatov, and you're listening to JM in the AM. It is a Thursday morning broadcast. Guest after guest after guest uh, uh, addressing important issues. I'm so glad we got an opportunity to bring them to you every single day here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow morning, a weekly update. I'm sure a lot of it about the Washington rally. Malcolm Honline will join us in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. Oh, I think... Um, I think Steve Adelsberg is checking in with us tomorrow after the Chizuk mission with the young is with the young Israel with the Shiva Flatbush. If I'm not mistaken, he'll be checking in with us tomorrow as well, which is really cool. Talk to him about that. Encourage others to hop on the Chizuk missions to Israel. Oh, uh, speaking of Flatbush, the young Israel of Flatbush and the Talmud Torah of Flatbush have their fall. Lecture series, Young Israel Talmud Torah Flatbush Fall Lecture Series this coming Saturday night of Parshas Chayesarich. Jonathan Shankman on the topic of the most pressing financial issues facing the Frum community, perspective and practical solutions. Again, Jonathan Shankman, uh, 8.15 tonight, excuse me, 8.15 this coming Saturday night, the most pressing financial issues facing the Frum community, perspective and and practical solutions, information, Talmud Torah, Young Israel Talmud Torah, Flatbush, again, for their lecture series that goes on this time of year um, in Flatbush, Brooklyn. Um, happy seventh birthday to Sarah Khanna. According to listener Ruvain, she is their big second grader. That's right. Mommy and Tati have a second grader. Her name is Sarahana, and she's celebrating her seventh birthday. Happy birthday, Sarahana, from all of us here at JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. Modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. <laughs> That's an understatement. Um... So as many of you know, yesterday, and Yishai Fleischer scheduled to join us. So don't go anywhere, folks. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Yishai Fleischer from Chevron. A couple of minutes from now. Uh, but before we do that, um, let me go back for a moment to the uh, announcement from yesterday regarding the, uh, let's see if I have it here. I hope I have it here. Uh, oh, here it is. Regarding the Israel Vendor Fair that's going on. Now, this Israeli Vendor Fair, brought to you by Arivut and a whole bunch of great uh, organizations, is happening for 10 days. In other words, there'll be 30, 40 vendors, and you can come together, uh, and you can come to these different areas, these different uh, venues, and support artists and vendors from Israel who are here for 10 days in the New York, New Jersey area. So, for instance, tonight, 5 until 9 p.m., Israeli Vendor Fair at the Kushner Campus, 110 South Orange Avenue in Livingston, New Jersey. Saturday night, Congregation Ortora for the Israeli Vendor Fair on Edgemount Road in Edison, 7.30 till 10.30. Sunday, they'll be at Frisch from noon till 4 uh, on the Frisch campus, uh, West Century Road in Paramus. Monday, Lincoln Square Synagogue. Uh, Stacy Siegel's planning on being in that one, especially since I'll be uh, in the air to Israel. 
So she's planning on heading up to Lincoln Square between 5 and 9 p.m. Monday, Lincoln Square Seneca. Get all of this information, by the way, into your WhatsApp groups, please. Please. Get them all into your WhatsApp groups. Um, Tuesday of next week, Temple Israel, Old Mamaroneck Road in White Plains from 4 till 8 p.m. Wednesday of next week, Kingsway Jewish Center. I know the people in Brooklyn are very anxious for this one. Uh, Nostrand Avenue in Brooklyn from 6 until 10 p.m. on Wednesday. Thursday, two fairs, Israeli vendor fairs. Sfarda Community Center in Brooklyn on Ocean Parkway from 9.30 in the morning until 1. And then Thursday night at the Mid-Island YJCC in Plainview, New York, from 5 until 9 p.m. And then next Saturday night, Sunday, November 18th and 19th, the Israeli vendor fair is at Hafter on Frost Lane in Lawrence, New York, Saturday night starting at 7.30, and Sunday from 11 a.m., until 4 p.m. So there are a lot of fairs. There's a suggested donation to walk in, a lot of money that's needed to support these vendors and their families. Call this number if you want information, 516-636-1618, 516-636-1618. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.
am. Moshav Band. Well, you know it's Shabbat Chayei Sarah. And you know that one of the ama- one of the amazing leaders in the holy city of Hebron is our dear friend Yishai Fleischer. And I know what he's going to say. He's going to say, Nahum, don't be upset. Don't be depressed that we have hardly a crowd for Chayei Sarah this year. Are you kidding? Next year, it'll be double the normal size. I have a feeling that's going to be that's going to be Yishai's attitude. But let's find out for ourselves. The amazing Yishai Fleischer with us live via telephone here at JM and the AM. Shalom, my friend. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM and the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Great to be with you. I'm standing uh, right at the uh, bottom steps of the Maratha Machpelah. I'm looking at it right now, and we're getting ready for a big event that's happening in three hours with some of the uh, Israel's most important rabbis and a live stream event and praying bo- both in honor of Shabbat Chai Sarah and also praying for the... Uh, safety and security uh, of the state of Israel, the strength of the Israeli soldiers, and the speedy return of all of our abductees and hostages. And the word is that you'll likely be joined by some of the family members of the hostages. Yes, yes. We even have, uh, you know, the mayor of our uh, of our sister community, Kirat Arba, his son is one of the uh, abductees. Oh, my God. Um, that's right. The mayor, the mayor himself, his son was doing defense. We act, actually, uh, the, the way that he was kidnapped is that he was doing security for that nature uh, event, that, that big concert. Uh, and he was rescuing people and he went back and forth and back and forth and was pulling people out and until he finally uh, was, uh, was abducted himself. So that's the kind of folks that we grow here in Hebron. Yeah. And so... Um, and so that's the kind of kid that he was. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, we're going to have, uh, and we also lost uh, uh, two soldiers that were killed uh, here in Kirat Arba as well. So the, the um, you know, we have, we, ha- we have to be, we have to be real. The situation is real. You know, yeah. uh, there's people that have been killed. There's people that are abducted. Uh, there's a war on. And, and it's, it's, I just wanted to tell you that had we allowed the crowd to come in for Shabbat Chayesara, we, we would easily have here 20,000 people. People were, the phone was ringing off the hook. It wouldn't even be a problem. The, the issue was is that the army asked that we won't, the, that we would cancel the, uh, the, uh, all, all the events and the hospitality so that they wouldn't have extra work to do so that, uh, so that people could stay safer. Oh yeah, uh, and we agreed with it without assessment. Yeah, so, I mean, we so we, we, to- was, we yeah we totally get that. Obviously, we totally get it. But uh, I mean, so I'm assuming that this Shabbat is going to be like any normal Shabbat, so to speak, if there is such a thing as a normal Shabbat in Hebron. And am I right that your attitude to me and publicly is, you know, this is part of Netzach Israel, and and just wait, soon we're going to have a Shabbat Hebron Chayei Sarah. That's going to be the largest one ever. I mean, yes. That's definitely true, but I'm not even looking past it so so much right now. The truth is, uh, we're pretty we're pretty focused on the situation that we have right now, um, and so I'm just worried about this year, and people staying safe and and uh, and beating back the bad guys. So you know, Chayesar is never normal at Marat Machpelah because um, you know it's the Shabbat that 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 we speak of the original purchase of the Jewish people's rights in the land of Israel, right. that's being challenged right now. So uh, here, by the way, at Martha Machpelah, they say, Avinu Malkeinu, at all the prayers. 
Shachar Mincha. And they they say you know they just that's that's part of the deal. And and when you say it here, you just um, you know that you are taken seriously. So um, you know what what will be next year? You know maybe we'll have a Beit Hamikdash. Um, but I you know I think it's important for us to concentrate on on fighting this war this year, um, and and not to talk with too much a hubris about, you know, the grand victory, because I think that we all saw that when we have too much hubris and too much, you know, certitude, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work in our favor. Yeah. And I've you, always said that. Yeah. We, from the beginning, we've been saying how arrogance and overconfidence is, uh, is certainly not a, uh, a friendly partner uh, when it comes to these things. I mean, you, you've been outspoken obviously, and for good reason about Eretz Hashlema and the, I'm obviously, again, just re- reminding our audience, uh, one of the people who was uh, leading the call that the Gaza disengagement should never take place. That's just one example, obviously, in very recent history. Um, do, do you? Th- I understand you don't think about the eventualities, and yes, there's a war being fought, and everything is hour-to-hour, day-to-day, etc. Um, but do you think about what the future of this specific area, meaning Gaza, could mean for the future of the Jewish state, because there's going to be a debate about what type of presence the army slash Israeli citizens will have in that region of what we call greater Israel. Do you think about that at all as this war continues? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, greater Israel, it's, it's not even greater Israel. It's, it's, it's a basic Israel. It's fundamental Israel. Just look at the map. Just look at the map. The map itself says everything. You know, many borders in this world are created through natural borders. Just look at the map. That Gaza Strip, we used to control that. I remember it very well. We fought to not leave Gaza. Now, and we told them, we said, you know, you're going to leave Gaza. The Hamas is going to take over. The Jihad is going to take over. It's going to be a nightmare. And everybody had a thousand excuses why, why it wouldn't be so. Uh, because they're very smart. Very, very smart. We said... Uh, I'm not so smart. It's just simple to me that if you if you give away this land, the jihad's going to take over. But they were smart. They had all kinds of you know technological and other things that they knew would 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 avert this thing. And they said that if they if the Gazans would fire one rocket, we would smash them. And t- tens of thousands of rockets later, and and uh, September uh, October the seventh uh, later after that, we we now see that that whole conception was a wrong conception. I believe that. Uh, Israel should control Gaza, should govern Gaza. Uh, I think we should have Jewish people living there. I've written so many times. I think that that makes sense. I also think we should control the Sinai, which is which is also a, a, a wider, you know, maybe maybe that's not the issue right now, but it's related because a lot of the terror uh, infrastructure was snuck in through the Sinai. Uh, in any case, we should control this this the, the, this moment right now. Should be a time when the Israeli army uh, reoccupies. Gaza controls it, and then we start to do what the Golda Meir government did in the 70s, which is try to resettle it, uh, try to, to, to put communities there and make yeah. communities strong, and then the land flourishes, and the jihad is subdued. Right. And that also sends a signal to the jihad that they that when they mess with us, this is what happens, which is which is something that they understand. Right, understood. Yishai Fleischer with us from Hebron. Yishai, very few people know the, um, the media and the government representatives 
of the European countries and others around the world. You, you've greeted a lot of them in Hebron, and over the years, even before you were with Hebron, you you had this relationship uh, with so many of the um, of the officials responsible for I don't know overseeing and reporting on the situation. Uh, give me your view of uh, world leadership reaction, and in general. Uh, the criticism that Israel is coming under in terms of how they are responding to the October 7th massacre? Well, you know, friends are friendlier and enemies are enemier. Um, <laughs> anybody, anybody who didn't like Israel beforehand, this is a great thing to hang their anti-Semitism on and to just say, look, Israel's doing a massacre and all that kind of stuff and international law. And, and I have to hand it to the bad guys. I really have to hand it to them. They waited for the right president, the right time, the right atmosphere on campus. They, 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 they really did a lot of work, and, and they, had, they had kind of like, uh, you know, just a perfect timing. Uh, and you see some of the rallies, and I've spoken to Jews in New York and in, and in Philadelphia and other places. People are really uncomfortable. People are, I don't like to use this word, but people are scared. Uh, and, um, and, the there are parts of the international community that are giving Israel a hard time. We even had uh, uh, all kinds of ambassadors leave. I think Bolivia and Chile and another Chile and another uh, South American country. And you know, I I thought to myself, most important thing is to write down right now who di- who did what, so that when the time comes and 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 there'll be a reckoning, we'll remember who stood with us and who stood against us. Uh, but there are others who who see us as having a just war, but. I want to tell you that in Israel right now, like a lot of people are, are looking inward. Politicians are asking themselves, you know, are we going to survive this thing? Uh, I mean to say, po- politically speaking, the politicians right. are asking themselves, are they going to last this thing? And, and I think Netanyahu, for example, he doesn't want to do his whole career to go down in flames, uh, his whole history to go down in flames because of this thing. So he wants to fight a strong battle and to destroy Hamas as, as a minimum, as a minimum. Um, so that's, uh, you know, so right now kind of, you know, a foreign opinion be damned a little bit. And there's definitely a sense of like, come on, are you guys going to tell us what to do again? Cause, cause right now the average Israeli feels the pain. Everybody knows somebody, everybody knows somebody. There's just, there's just no, there's just one degree between you and somebody who either has a child uh, uh, that's that's, yeah. that's uh, abducted. I, I, I think in the I think in the I think in the American Jewish community, it's one degree. Imagine what it is in Israel. Yeah, this <laughs> it, this this, uh, this this American Jewish uh, police officer was just killed. Uh, yeah. a young Ola, twenty years old. She was just killed. I think Rose was her name. Yeah. And uh, and you know, so the the bottom line is that right now is is not a time to take too much into account what the bad guys. Or what the haters or what the what the accusers are, are saying. It's it's really a time to to kind of that's and that's part of the reckoning, which is maybe we've been paying attention too much to to foreign uh, you know conversations. Uh, yesterday, I, I put up a post on Twitter saying um, that that you know Israel's back to Gaza and we're here to stay. And all kinds of Jews reached out to me and said, "Oh my God, you're you're giving ammunition to the jihadis because you're telling them that this is not just about uh, Hamas, but it's also about." you know, resettling Gaza, you're giving them ammunition. I said to them, do you really think that they need my ammunition? Now? <laughs> do you really think that that's what it's about? Like after such a, after such a horrific event, don't you see past that? Don't you see that it's time to also talk to them a language that they understand? One of the things that, that is said around here is that we have to learn to speak Arabic and it doesn't mean in the linguistic sense, but in a, 
you know, talk Middle Eastern. Right. And think um, and think like and, them and um, think like them as well. That's right. That's right. There are some people who are doing that. And I remember, you know, 18 years ago, some of the heroes of the Yom Kippur War were with me on the air during the Gaza disengagement. And they're obviously, you know, through their experience, obviously have their perspective. And they said to me, yeah, we're not, uh, this is not a, a panic situation. We know we're going to be back. We know we're going to be back. We know we're going to build those towns again, those cities and flourish and enjoy the beautiful beach, etc." And, you know, I, I was somewhat skeptical, as you could imagine, but, you know, living 6,000 miles away. And look what's happening. What, what, what they said and what you're saying looks like it's becoming a reality. On the one hand, yes, but on the other hand, again, I, I, I tell you, and because I, 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 I see now how I've, I've seen it forever, but I, but it's obvious to me now that that there, we have to, we actually have to take this situation as a little less than, uh, as we say in Hebrew, "muvan meilav," as though it's uh, uh, you know a for sure conclusion. There's a very serious war, and the truth is, if I looked at it without my Hashem eyes, God forbid, for just a second, if I would analyze it, I would say. We've got enemies in Lebanon. We got enemies in Gaza. We've got Lebanese uh, enemies in Iraq, Iran, Yemen, uh, American campus, media, uh, maybe parts of the American administration. So the point is, is that we 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 have a uh, I wouldn't call it a simple strategic uh, uh, position that we're in, and so we have to be quite uh, serious. And therefore, I want our prayers to be serious and our efforts to support to be serious and 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 our whole mindset to be to, to to come out of that place where we're like you know it's a foregone conclusion that we're going to win um you know we've been hurt our people are very hurt we have communities right now that are um um uh, evacuated i'm talking about hundreds of thousands of israelis are not in their homes you know stay road is 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 empty kirat shmon is empty i mean I mean, you know, that, that's, that's unbelievable. And so the enemy has, has managed to hit us and strike us, and, and we have to be a little, how should we say, like, you know, it's like when somebody comes into the emergency room. Like, right now is the time, not the time to be like, it's all going to be great. Right now is the time to understand that, like, we were hit hard. We need to do two kinds of tshuva now. One tshuva is the tshuva of come back to Hashem, come back to Shabbat, come back to Achdus, and the other tshuva I call it the Derech Eretz Tshuva, to stop doing stupid things, stop allowing our enemies to arm themselves right in front of our eyes and to practice our demise right in front of our eyes, to not allow you know the internationals like the UNRWA and, and, and others to teach horrific jihadism to, to, to Arab children, etc. We have to stop allowing stupid things to happen on our soil uh, and, and realize that these things have real consequences. There's real, real consequences here right now, and there's very real pain and, and, and real damage has been done and now we're going to have to work real hard to come back to Gaza, come back to just just the Gaza envelope, just to those communities, just to come back and, and re repopulate them. It's niche pushit, and so so right now it's going to be a serious effort to uh, um, how do we say it? shikum to rehabilitate, to rehabilitate the uh, uh, Israel to make it strong again, to get the military in the right mindset, to stop playing games, and uh, and also to do the tshuva of achdus. Uh, and and uh, and Shabbat and other things, siyut, minimal things that that are the they're the ways to get the bracha back into this land. And I and I, it seems that internationally, certainly in Israel, uh, internationally, I would agree as well that people have been moving, thank God, in that direction. 
Uh, Nahum, I want to thank you and uh, ask you to release me to get to work here at the Marat Machpelah to prepare for tonight's event. The event will be live on Arutz Sheva. It'll be live on our Chevron uh, Facebook pages. It'll have uh, Rav Shmuel Eliyahu, Rav Dov Lior, uh, um, Rav Schwartz, who's the chief rabbi of this area now, uh, and also, as you said before, the uh, parents of the fallen, um, parents or brothers and sisters of the abductees, and uh, we're going to take it seriously. This is our Chaye Sarah uh, effort to try to send a signal of the mamas and papas uh, into the ether, into the world, and, and, and open up the heavens a little bit. Well, keep so uh, keep... thank you so much for letting me be with you. A pleasure. Good luck tonight. Keep us in mind. And Am Yisrael Chai, Biyachad Ninatzeach. He is Yishai Fleischer, international spokesman, uh, holy city of Hebron, a very different Shabbat Chaye Sarah. And those of you who are able to try to participate by watching from around the world as they have this very, very meaningful program going on a couple of hours from now. More coming up. It's Thursday. It's JM in the AM. Hebron, 
was some conversation with Ishai Fleischer, to say the least. Thursday morning broadcast. Don't forget it when you're on your way down to Washington on Tuesday. Make sure to be tuned in to us. We'll be in Jerusalem. We will be speaking to uh, a lot of people with a lot of important information. In fact, if you listen uh, to our show Tuesday morning, which of course will be Tuesday afternoon in Israel, uh, if you're tuned in on the bus or the train or however you're getting down to Washington, I think it will... Uh, inspire people uh, to um, undertake the sense of mission on Tuesday to Washington even more. So uh, make sure to be tuned in. We'll be in Israel Tuesday, Wednesday, <coughs> and um, looking forward to bringing some important conversations to everybody as our brothers and sisters continue to go through the situation that they're in in Israel. And uh, there are a lot of different categories of people to keep in mind, and we will certainly concentrate, hopefully, on all of them during the two days that we are there. JMNAM, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Dovi Newberger, who some call the funniest man in the New York, New Jersey area, is with us live in studio this morning. We congratulate him and all of the artists, all the comics that were part of the uh, JDC My Game David Adom event that took place last Thursday night. In New York City, they raised a considerable amount of money uh, for a couple of great Israel causes. And apparently, that success that he and his colleagues had on uh, Thursday night last week is now going to be expanded into some type of tour, an actual stand-up comedy tour that will be known as a stand-up tour specifically for Israel. Dovi Newberger, welcome back to JM in the AM. 
Thanks for having me. Who, was, who is it that named you the funniest man in the New York, New Jersey area? <laughs> I don't know who it could have been, but they couldn't have been related to me. <laughs> Maybe they were related to you. <laughs> Wouldn't be anybody that close to you who yeah. would give you that designation. Well, I was going to say, have you been talking to my mom? But she definitely would not say that. <laughs> now, uh, you went into the Thursday night event, I'm assuming. Yeah. As a one-off do something for Israel, a couple of good organizations. It looked like you had a nice lineup. These were all people who came forward to participate, right? We had an amazing lineup. Um, I did it as, I mean, uh, the person whose idea was Ashley Steinberg, actually just like a layman who wanted some sort of event that wasn't as um, intense, intense, depressing, <laughs> but that people wouldn't feel guilty attending. And then I kind of came on board, like co-produced it with her, hosted the event, Um and it was just like an amazing night, like all around. Elon Gold came by. Oh wow! Yeah, um, he he's was, been he's been on point throughout this entire. Episode. Yeah, he, I mean, he's kind of been like out there by himself yeah. in Hollywood, just he representing must be, us. He must be getting destroyed by colleagues of his. Oh, totally. And he wasn't even supposed to be on the. He wasn't on the lineup originally, but he found out about the event and was gonna like had like a short window where he was in. Happened to just be in the area, and wow. he texted one of the comics that I need a I need a performer. And he here. was on stage. Yeah, totally. Now, first of all, I heard your Sukkish show was incredible. You know, I had spies there. Um, I told you I'd buy tickets, and I did. I can't thank you enough for that because we came oh, on the show to promote it, and we, we rented like it was like a week before Sukkish, so we rented like a seventy seat venue, thinking right. like who would be around last minute, and like within a day we sold that out, and I was getting texts and DMs on Instagram up the wazoo about. Because the nice thing about producing in the from community is that everyone grew up with you and loves you and wants to come. But the hard thing is that everyone grew up with you and loves you and wants to come and doesn't think that like the tickets, tickets apply. <laughs> yeah, like you have tickets aside for me. Like I was at your bris. So like there, um, the whole show is people who are at my bris. <laughs> I love it. Um, so that went well, t timing wise. Thank yeah. God it really went well because obviously that weekend was quite a challenge for the Jewish people. Uh, and uh, and now you've taken this idea from last Thursday night and you're turning it into a tour. So you already yeah. told me off the air that the New Jersey area for sure, like you have something actually planned, right? Yeah, so, so we're launching, God willing, tickets will release either later today or Arab Shabbos. Um, we're going to launch Thanksgiving weekend with a double, uh, with a back-to-back -back show. Thursday or when? No, Thanksgiving weekend. So we're going to do the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving right. in Teaneck. And then that Saturday night, in the five towns. Nice. Um, that Saturday Night in the Five Towns is the famous uh, Midnight Madness on Central Avenue. So oh. we're doing a show like right before then with Kulanu. Um, and the, you've never performed out there, I don't think, right? Am I in, right? In the island? No. Oh. Yeah, it's a different kind of pressure, the five towns, you know? Yeah, <laughs> if you think Teaneck is intense, wait. You got the five towns to yeah. play. So the, the show here is going to... Each show is going to be a, ha a split down the middle, 50% benefit for various... Israeli relief organizations. So, for example, the one here, we're raising money for a displaced Moshav that's all staying in a hotel now, over 800 children there without daycare and yep. basic necessities. Um, and the one of the five towns, we're partnering with a uh, school for special needs kids in the five towns that has a sister school in Israel now that's wow. dealing with displaced special needs kids. And we're raising money through that show for them. When you do these shows, Wednesday in Jersey, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Saturday night in the Five Towns, you you say to yourself, you have to have how many comics? Can this be done with three? Do you need six? Does it get too much at a point? Like, you sit down and say to yourself, what type of lineup do I need to form? Yeah. So, um, like, traditionally, it's been, like, the one Thursday night was all, the was 
almost all except for one Jewish comics and mostly from comics. Right. Um, but how and, many do you want to put on that bill? Is there a magic number? I think between five and six is the magic number. That's the, place. the thing is with these is a standard for Israel. Every, every from Jewish right. comic wants to be a part of it, right. which men, is amazing. Men and women. Right? Yeah. Which you, is said, a, you had women on the lineup, right? Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I feel strongly that it shouldn't just be Jewish comics. Right. That it, there should be, I want to bring on non-Jewish comics who are mm -hmm. pro-Israel and understand what we're going through and want to be a part of an event. And there, thank God there are. I spoke to, um, I don't know if you ever had Avi Lieberman on the show. No, we know him well, though. Yeah, sure. So he's he's done in the past, like, comedy for Kobe. Right. And he kind of has been helping me with this through his Rolodex of non-Jewish but clean and pro-Israel comedians right. um, to book some really good talent that aren't necessarily Jewish. So I kind of want to have He's a funny a mix. guy. Very funny guy. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, obviously, especially in the context of this morning's show, because we've had some very, very serious conversations about the war this morning and the situation in Israel. So obviously, with all due respect to everybody, uh, every situation has a comedic angle. For instance, I don't know if you heard the show or not, but when we were in Israel a couple of weeks ago, we basically did about 15 minutes on the duffel bags arriving in Israel, <laughs> right? Which, if you've been in the airport there when it happens, it's an absolutely insane scene. And, of course, the people in Israel are sitting and wondering, where's this stuff going to end up? And right. that's a routine in and of, of itself. Oh, so totally. That's, so that's one piece. Is, is there more about this war that's funny, or is it limited to what's being said from America? <laughs> um, like it's a, it's a it's a it's a tough needle to thread for right, sure. Exactly. What, what you can do make you fun of and what you can't. Do you approach it at all? Total. Was so, it uh, many, the, many of the comedians did approach it really? with varying levels of success. Right. I would say. Um, but yeah, first of all, the duffel bags. I mean, good. Like my <laughs> colleagues at over at J Sketch Comedy, Ami Kozak, Ellie Leibowitz, and Mikey Greenblatt. I think they did do the sketch on that, um, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, it. You know, there's a couple things to this. That the comedians have actually, for some reason, and I don't know if it's a good thing, been at the forefront forefront of this conflict in Amer in America. Actually, like some of the very loud voices, loud voices on Pierce Morgan um, ha interviewed a very famous Muslim, uh, Palestinian comic, Bassem Yusuf, that's really been at the forefront of anti-Israel, anti-Semitic approaches. And wow. Dave Chappelle also took wow. a hard line against Jews. Very disappointing what he did here. Yeah. Like just kind of exposed himself as all those things that we thought were jokes throughout his career turned right. out to be true anti-Semitism. Um, and to the point where like my colleagues that are, have a bigger platform than me that are, are Jewish comics are, thank God, like really taking on the role of getting involved in that. My, my, uh, my good friend, Ami Kozak, who was on that show and will be on the show in Teaneck, I believe also was on Candace Owens just yesterday, I think. And it's really come like, you know, people have obviously have like mixed feelings towards this tour. About like, well, what are the rules? The, I mean, like, you're preparing a set. Will there be any mention of the war in a comedic fashion or not? Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I think um, I, I talked about Thursday night how the the kind of the biggest casualty for us here in America is that all our moms figured out how to use social media, <laughs> which has been That's very a funny line, which has been very annoying for <laughs> right, me in this course. whole conflict. Like, I get a hundred <laughs> videos videos a day of this. I'm like, <laughs> some of them already have been from this war. I'm like, this is from 1973. <laughs> 
of Chaelim singing Kabbalah Shabbos. Like, if you're going to send me a video, get the right war, you know? Oh, that's great. Uh, so, But that's more making fun of the local people here. In other words, yeah, the real which comedy I think, is what's happening here in regard to Yeah, at the, and the, there's, like, stereotypes at every rally, you know, right. like the grandfather that just can't help himself interact with Mitzuri the Nitori cards. Uh, yeah, it's just... I thought of that the other night because I yeah. went to the Monday rally, and, of course, we're all walking by the Nitori Karta, and I... And I'm, you know, I'm at a point in my life where, thank God, I could just laugh about it. And that's a whole other conversation. Right. But there are, as you know. There's there, an old secular Jew at every correct, rally. And the, and they're the, going to kill you, too. And the, <laughs> and the older women, uh, you know, Holocaust totally. survivors, children. are, And I get it. They're completely frustrated oh, totally. by them. But, of course, there's a comedic angle to that. So. Not only do I get it, I, I enjoy it. Sure. And I go to the rally right. for it. Um, there is a comedic angle. To it. But in terms of the, the tour as a whole, like the concept really, to me, is not just about raising money. Um, it's more than that. First of all, it's people need something oh, in, yeah, in that, that is not depressing and that they could go to and not really feel guilty about. And the fundraising element and the unity element of it, I think, uh, like allows people that um, that leeway to, to laugh a little bit. Um, long term, my goal for the tour, though, is not just to be in the five towns and and, and Teaneck and eventually other Jewish communities in New York, but I really would like to get onto college campuses. Oh. Where I think... Um, interesting. Where I think it's necessary to have... I think the, a lot of these college campuses are, are uh, tens of thousands of students, largely anti-Israel, largely anti-Semitic, sure. and, and, and their voices are very loud, but we have pockets that amount to thousands of pro-Israel Jews and non-Jews, even on these college campuses, that w if they would get together in a night, a fun night, and just like see each other... It would lift a lot of that just like isolating feeling that a lot of like our Jewish students are feeling on campus now. So that's a big part of what I'm hoping the tour turns you'll into. You'll need a, a security budget. Totally. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that only half jokingly. I mean, you'll need some type of. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, um, the animals on Instagram have already made that clear to us through. Uh, you've put that idea out there. No, it's you just might like, be like, visiting the campuses or you're just getting criticism from those you'd assume. Even, even, even like our event in the city. Uh, had hatred aimed at you on social media? Totally. We hired private security. And you're in a club in Manhattan, basically. Not even a club. We're in a we're in a bar. In on Amsterdam Avenue in Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan. Where Manhattan. there are a lot of Jews and Thank God it went without a hitch. And, we and where people line up around the block to support a cafe that's having trouble with their Palestinian supporting employees. Well, we that. sold out in Manhattan very quickly and people couldn't get tickets. We we the 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 bar was actually very into the, uh, a lot of like our non-Jewish neighbors in, in Manhattan and Teaneck and the five towns are really amenable to this idea and really want to be a part of it, which was so nice to see. They gave us the space for free. Wow. Um, they opened up, like they closed out their bar for the night just for the stand up for Israel tour. And they actually had it like live streamed on various TVs throughout the bar. So even if you weren't up front, you could see it. And like a lot of the, uh, the venues I've been talking to that are run by, non-Jews that really have been passionate about the idea of giving me like really significant discounts, which is, I mean, the question of course, and I assume it's just a financial thing. You just said that the venue was donated. The question that everyone's asking is after the Sukkot success and what happened last Thursday night, can you reasonably get to a two, three, 400 seat theater or it's just too expensive or just not reasonable or realistic. I, there's no reason why we should like, I mean, the rallies in the city have tens of thousands of Jews. Right. and So the, what's the story with uh, Teaneck, the one you're planning for th for Wednesday night of Thanksgiving? How many people can you accommodate? So Teaneck and Five Towns could each accommodate 200. Yeah. All right, so we're getting there. Yeah. I mean, we're getting there. It's, and that, it's more I, than last time. I mean, there's a lot of overhead uh, still, yeah. even even with discounts. There's overhead sure. for comics. There's overhead for space, as you said, security, marketing, all those things. So, um, 
Bef- like, well, we will continue our policy to not charge you a penny at JM and the AM. That's How true. Do you like I, that? I've never been charged <laughs> a penny at JM and the AM, and I, I do greatly appreciate it. You got it. You have that commitment from us. Uh, but it does sound like, the, I mean, you've announced it, obviously. I mean, here and I'm sure other places. It, it's, looking like it's, gonna, it's probably going to sell out within minutes, right? I mean, I guess. I hope so. And I'm, I would like to say to anyone listening there that was at my bris, I really appreciate you coming <laughs> and showing up. I pay for it. It meant a lot to me that you were at my bris, and I would love to see you there. <laughs> at Wednesday night, um, November 22nd, or Saturday night, Is there a November website 25th. to look on social media? What's the best way to get, to get at, this information to this people? This is like, so this tour is coming together with right. a lot of like really passionate, some volunteers, some people just on my staff, like as we're speaking. So there will be all these things where we'll be ticket links. Will there be before like, but The next best way is to follow me on Instagram, at Dovey Newberger, and everything will be released there, right. dropped there. There'll be links in my bio to... You literally could buy tickets by just... Pressing on that thing on your profile, and that's the end of it. Right. For yeah. those of, for those in my generation, that's how easy it is. That's how we did it. We literally pressed on the on the link. For your for those in your generation, I do allow the WhatsApp. Can you can you can you send me the link? Or wow, I'll be what a little bit com- more. What an accommodation! A little bit more white glove for my parents' friends. <laughs> Listen, do me a favor. One thing I'm asking in your act: do not refer to that generation as Malcolm Siegel's generation. I, I, I'm begging you. I I can't I can't let that get out there. I need people to still think I'm skewed younger please i'm begging you Dovi. totally totally <laughs> i need that campus sorority crowd to still think i'm relevant you know what i mean yeah <laughs> anyway so we they, did a show in missouri over the summer actually and i heard it was great by the way yeah and that can't be easy camp atmosphere i don't know it's difficult you know yeah. i mean I, i'm used to playing for like it's hard to like in the same week i was playing at camp missouri and, and broadway comedy club in new york city <laughs> for well, a room full and, of, and missouri was harder to prepare for i bet way harder isn't that interesting? Yeah, and people don't get that, but I get it. That's really, yeah, that's a rough crowd, and not rough meaning they're mean, just rough meaning you're walking into an atmosphere that's really not conducive uh, for for they're your like, type what? of act. Yeah, I mean, like I always say, non-Jews go to a comedy show to laugh, and Jews kind of go to a comedy show to to say like, uh, show me what you have. Let's <laughs> exactly. let's see about or, this guy. Or I have a joke to tell you. <laughs> exactly. Or or every every husband at every one of my shows turns his eyes like you know if. <laughs> I didn't have to pay yeshiva tuition. I could do this, right? You know I could do this. <laughs> you remind me of, I mean, it's 40 years. I'm thinking back to some of the Mark Weiner conversations, Marvin right. Silberman's conversations. Jackie Mason is a huge inspiration for me. People that I actually spoke to on the air, they all said the same thing yeah. over the years. It's amazing. It's all the same. Uh, yes, our people are unique, aren't they? I'm used to it because, honestly, I always tell my dad, like, growing up in Rabbanus, like, right. a lot of similarities between sure. Rabbanus and comedy. I could give a better sermon than the rabbi. Exactly. Or you might want to use this in your next show. Right. You might want to use this. And right. We both don't get paid that well. We- <laughs> right. Uh, the struggling rabbi, the struggling comic. Exactly. Right? It's all yeah. the same thing. That anyway. sounds like the, the name of a good, uh, I was going to say podcast, but we had a, a discussion about podcast before I got in the air. No, but you want to know something <laughs> seriously? There's a book in there. I could see a I could see a father and son writing a book on that uh, on the similarities between the two industries. Oh yeah, there's totally. a lot of crossover. I'm a sure lot. I'm not the first son. I mean, oh, I mean, Jackie sure. Mason right. came from a family of rabbis. Imagine that he himself was a rabbi before he Correct. got into comedy. Um, there's one rabbi I forget his name that that was on Sirius XM as a comic, and I see him at every Jewish show. What I've heard is the it, name is it someone well known? I forget his name. Huh? I wonder who that is. But uh, he's Orthodox or just. Uh, with the title of rabbi, we don't know. I don't know. Is, is, I don't think he was Orthodox. I mean, he himself may have been Orthodox. I don't right. think it was an Orthodox school. Interesting. But 
It was at one of my last shows, actually. Have you uh, have you exhausted your entire shul routines? Like, is it over? You you you've used every kiddish joke, every every kriyasa Torah joke, every like. It's no, over. not so. I mean, like, I haven't even uh, like like. You haven't scratched the surface. Yeah, no, you can never scratch the surface. First of all, I don't. I haven't released any of my material yet, so like, still, sh- so I could still reuse at shows where people. Yeah, but it. some of your jokes went viral. I mean, I yeah. know my own kids. You know, would text them, and all of a sudden they'd be. You know, everybody around the world is laughing at stuff that you said. So, oh. so you know yeah. that that's happening, right? Um, I don't. I, you I, have I, a great line. It's gonna. It's gonna get out there. Yeah, I mean, I just don't release it on my own right. social media, so I don't know. I don't have like right. You don't get con- the reaction person control over that. I mean, right. maybe I probably should, but um, I started like my career like, a year ago, like in, not in the Jewish scene and like right. in comedy clubs. So I wasn't writing material for the Shul Kaddish Club. I was I was kind of doing the opposite, like writing, trying to uh, synthesize like twenty five years of like this unique experience of not just growing up Orthodox, but in a orthodox rabbi's home and then like bringing it to a non-jewish audience and right. they love it they find it interesting and they find I, it hilarious i was shocked to see i mean i modi goes through this also he sometimes is shocked when a non-jew in the audience you know actually is entertained by what he's saying because you don't even have to say jokes to non-jews they just find your life so entertaining <laughs> right we don't realize the crazy stuff that we do right like i go to i would i was at gotham comedy club talking about like the shidduch process and like i didn't even have to say a punchline <laughs> It's my its life own, is their punchline it's its own joke yeah the joke writes itself as they say exactly pretty amazing all right um information best thing follow dovi newberger on instagram yeah. show wednesday night teaneck thanksgiving weekend november 22nd right? and november 25th that's when we're launching thing and teaneck and the five towns come out support it's an amazing cause it's not just an amazing cause it's going to be an amazing night like the first night was really i had people coming up to me after said like i didn't even realize how much i needed this right a lot of times when you that that tension lifts and you that stress releases you don't even realize how pent up it was and it's going to be it's not just a night where we're fundraising for two amazing causes it's going to be just like a night where feel good come together as a community and just feel like you're doing it an amazing thing while having a good time. Look, so. this whole, you know, this political correctness and, and wokeness of the last three, four years, uh, which, of course, has derailed so many comics' attempts to just do their job, right. which is ridiculous. And then you add, in all seriousness, the component of war, and everyone's, like, guilty. Am I supposed to go and laugh, right. you know, when everyone's going through what they're going through? And the answer, of course, is what you just described. And now Jewish comics have the added challenge of just right. of just being true to themselves is, is considered anti-woke. With Like, just being a Jew is... Uh, unfortunately controversial so i never thought all this stuff would seep into your industry frankly it's it's unbelievable to watch and now comics are on the front lines because as you said added security you have the you have the uh obligation to be out like elon gold is doing you know to be out there and to to make statements that are obviously yeah i I can't say enough about him like what like the way he's put himself out there is really incredible incredible all right doby good luck to you thank you very much thanks for having me a pleasure Remember our deal. Send me the invoice. <laughs> Remember our deal. Yeah. Uh, you walk in here whatever you want and uh, keep promoting it, and uh, I'll continue to buy tickets. How do you like that? That's our that's it. our deal. Thank you very much, and and I'll continue I'll continue to keep you young. And by the way, I may have been in your bris, so, so I'm one of those guys that gets it. That says even though you I was, may have been the guy there with the mic saying Mechobed with the first. It's brother. very possible. I don't remember, frankly. It's a while ago. You know what I mean? Anyway, thank you, sir. Dovi Newberger, folks, on a Thursday morning broadcast, you are listening to JM in the AM. Keep it here. We have a big Thursday at the Nahum Siegel Network.
האדמה צמאה לגשם ישטוף הכל נשכח מה שהיה העולם הזה רוצה קצת פשר זמן להיגיון והבנה Thank <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. J.M. in the A.M. 
Brand new one from a gentleman named Yankee Hill. It's called Milash al Nichama. A word of comfort. Avram Freed before that with Chevron. Obviously, we are getting closer and closer to Shabbat Chaye Sarah, a very different one in Chevron than normal, as Yishai Fleischer described. And uh, here we are on a Thursday morning broadcast with a reminder that we have a full, full schedule today. Amazing programming. I don't think there's another word to use that would be accurate. Eh, maybe spectacular. That might be. That might be acceptable as a word describing our uh, Thursday schedule. That may be sufficient. Um, let's see here. Coming up right after JM and the AM, it's Charlie Harari on the topic of building the aspirational you. Building the aspirational you. And, of course, Parshas Chayesara. Allison Joseph, a Jew in the City Speaks, is at 10 a.m. This week, it'll be Allison's uh, interview with uh, David, ba- David Badel discussing fighting stereotypes and Jews supporting Jews. Live lunch will be hosted by Avrami today. Avrami's sitting in for Yassi at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, Avrami. Um, the Kosher Terroir with the amazing Simon Jacob. He'll have Josh Rinderman on, winemaker at the Essa Wine Company in Cape Town, South Africa, and winemaker at Coast Yeshuos Wines in Santa Cruz, California. They'll discuss global kosher winemaking. Erev Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem tonight at 7, tomorrow morning at 3, tomorrow morning at 10. Tani Talks Parsha at 10 p.m. tonight. Tani Gutterman with a discussion about the Torah portion of the weekend. It's going to be tonight, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. So, yes, a full schedule tomorrow, weekly update in the 7 o'clock hour. Plenty more, of course. You know what Friday's like here. Always a lot going on Fridays here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to thank those who have uh, supported our fundraiser, which we have uh, officially, unofficially kicked off. (coughs) Go to F... (coughs) Excuse me. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org to support our efforts during the year-end fundraiser for our 40th anniversary. Thank you, thank you, fjbunity.org. Got a letter from a listener who does not want to be mentioned by name. Oh, by the way, at some point they ask if we've had Caroline Glick on the air, which of course we have, and we're major Caroline Glick fans. In fact, they... um, she asks in this email for sources for somebody that she knows who's a very big Palestinian sympathizer. It's not a bad idea to give them some Caroline Glick articles, frankly. And if you go to jewishworldreview.com, there'll be a lot of articles you'll find there that uh, analyze the current situation and make the points that need to be made. Anyway, uh, they write, I just wanted to comment. I'm really happy to hear that National Aguda endorsed the Washington rally. I'm encouraging people to attend. Our synagogue in Flatbush, as well as other Flatbush institutions, have organized buses to head down. Your impassioned speaking out really galvanized me. So even though I'm in my upper 60s, I felt I had to go. How could I not? I'm a child of Holocaust survivors, and this is reminiscent of the march to Washington in the 1930s that I've read about. We need to show America, the world, and Eretz Israel that we are united in our love and support for our homeland and in our desire to get our hostages home. Keep on speaking out and interviewing people in Israel to give us perspectives on the situation there. In terms of the soldiers, their families, the evacuees, businesses, and farms. I make sure to tune in as much as I can in the mornings before I go to work. Well, I thank you for that. 
And of course, we'll continue to do it. Tuesday and Wednesday will be in Israel. I hope Tuesday people will tune in on the way to Washington to get additional inspiration for the mission that everybody's going to be on in Washington, D.C. And uh, <coughs> and yeah, it's going to be a tough day. People in their 60s, 70s, 80s. That's why I'm saying people above a certain age should really not go. It's a, it's a very long round trip day. And it's a lot of standing, a lot of walking, a lot of inconvenience, right? You're not near food and bathrooms and things like that. It's, it's hard. It's a hard day. But, um, you know... Keep in mind those who are really fighting the fight and how hard their day is, and um, and don't and don't and try not to concentrate on the on those things that that are going to make it a an uncomfortable and difficult day. Concentrate on the fact that you're down there in Washington doing a really really important task, and um, hopefully that'll get everybody inspired enough to appreciate the fact they were able to go down. And have our voices heard as one massive community. The Israel-loving community. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network. And of course, any beloved NSN app. My thanks to Rib Shlomo Katz. My thanks to Yishai Fleischer. My thanks to President Richard Joel. My thanks to Dovi Neuberger. And thanks to all of you. Another great JM and AM broadcast, I'm proud to say. Tomorrow morning, we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. And the weekly update, of course, will be included. Make sure to be tuned in. Last minute Washington information, etc., etc., etc. And a full day of programming coming up here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Charlie Harari is next. Mark Zamek with the Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos show coming up at 7 p.m. At 6.30 p.m. Simon Jacob, the kosher terroir. Stay tuned all day long. Live lunch with Avrami, who's subbing for Yossi. Stay tuned all day long. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.